Welcome to the Your Voice Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Rebecca Dollinger. I am your host, and I'm so glad everybody's here today. Um, if you're having a great day, that's fine. But if not, listen in and let the positive vibes shower you and put you in a great place. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to all my listeners and to our fab- fabulous tech guy, Vic. Yay! <laughs> Well, today I have a real treat for you. You need to listen to this podcast all the way through and until the very end because we're going to talk about money, being safe, and I have a special guest with you today. Her name is Nanelle Mobby. Oh. Yay. <laughs> and, Thank uh, you, Rebecca. She has been a seasoned banker and investor for years, and she has seen it all. And today we're going we're gonna to narrow the scope down, and we're going to talk about retirees and young adults but this applies to just everybody too but a lot of times um you know when you retire it's kind of like you know you you don't pay a lot of attention you've got other things you do and young adults are coming up and they have no clue you know how to be safe they're always on a lot of stuff they shouldn't you know they can actually hamper um you know or be they can actually get you know get hacked um but anyway, today I think we need to talk about um, how can we as um, consumers and in our personal lives, what are some of the things that we need to be careful about? Well, of course, what is that going on now, Rebecca, is the fraud. And fraud is becoming more and more rampant through uh, emails, which is called phishing, through voicemails where you're being asked for uh, information, through the robocalls. And in addition, it also happens at a branch level too, through check cashing. And of course, there's that that age old (laughs) (laughs) uh, with making sure that your money and counterfeit is not involved. There is... Uh, there was a counterfeit ring that was running here in Dallas for a while, and I believe it's still out there. So those kind of things we, as bankers, have to watch for and to try to help you through when these things happen, especially with a debit card fraud, whether it be an invalid charge or maybe it's a valid charge and you don't remember it. So these are things that we really need to watch for and that you need to watch for and be careful of. Well, you know, when you were talking about that, um, that reminded me here um, a couple of months ago, I happened, right before I, met, I went to bed, I happened to look at my account. And here are all these charges for $500. There was already two of them on there, and one was pending. So I called my bank, and she's going, oh, my goodness, you have eight of these on here, and they haven't cleared yet. I don't know. You know, I'm always careful. Mm-hmm. It was my debit card, so it's coming right out of my account. Um, so is there anything we can, I mean, that was, that was, you know, something that I don't give my credit card, my debit card to anybody. Mm. How do they get that? Well, it can be from a variety of situations. Um, again, here in Dallas, there was a time when if you were out at a restaurant and maybe gave your debit card or credit card to pay for your meal, um, young Adults, (laughs) Adults, <laughs> young adults, <laughs> and college students were being paid to get that debit card information and to sell it to fraudsters. So they were actually taking debit card information that way. There's also, you want to be sure when you're buying anything that it is a legitimate company because some of them are not. And that can also affect <laughs> going forward what you do as far as as the debit card information. There are things that you can put on your debit card. You can put warnings on anything over $100. You see a warning pop up on your either your cell phone or email, and that really helps you kind of monitor those types of large charges that are coming through that may not be yours. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yes, you can put a warning on your card, and also, like I said, you can set it for 100, 500, uh, whatever you feel comfortable with so that you can protect yourself. Well, too, I think it depends on the banks, too, because the bank I have, um, they know what I charge and, you know, usual. And the thing is, you know, that's how they call me because 
they know I don't I don't give to this person or don't give to this organization and at $500 right that's a whack right Mo um, almost all banks have a fraud department and just like you say Rebecca they know what your regular charges are where you where you where you normally shop and what you do and with that in mind um, just to share with you uh, we had our my bank called me on a fraud department from our fraud department and indicated that we had a hundred and sixty two dollar charge from Best Buy we don't normally buy at Best Buy so they called us to make sure that the charges were correct and of course it was and those are the kind of things that again you as consumers need to pay attention to because there's only so much a bank or anyone can do to help you you have to be actively involved in your own financial answers that's true I look at my my accounts probably two or three times a day oh. you know I, I guess that's okay because I'm always like you know just making sure that everything looks normal right the other thing that you can do and I don't think a lot of people realize this especially in talking about um, the the younger generation or or uh, <laughs> kids coming up with a debit card you know as long as I got my debit card I got money that's what they think and sometimes that's not <laughs> always correct however here's the thing that I think is really important that a lot of you as consumers don't realize you really need a banking relationship and this in this day and age where you can do mobile deposits debit card transactions, uh, ATM, online banking, you don't even go into a bank anymore. And that's fine, although we do love to see you when you walk in the door. <laughs> However, the thing is, you really need some type of relationship with your uh, banking institution, because that's what helps you in the effect, in an, a situation where you may be you know a victim of fraud or even if you need to question and make sure that your balance is right is your interest right are you receiving service charges that you don't know about those are things that a banker in can help you with and making that connection with a banker is very important and so often they don't you know people don't think of that anymore Oh, I can do it online or I can call the the call center and they'll take care of it well sometimes they can and sometimes they can't yeah. and that's really nice you have a face-to-face -face with somebody you know they can actually probably tell you more uh, in person they probably can over the phone well actually we can and um, even as bankers over the phone we don't give a lot of information the reason is we have to know our customers and here's a, an example say your wallet is stolen they have everything they've got your driver's license number they've got some make you, people still carry their social security numbers in their wallet they've got your address so that person can call and say oh you know my name is susan smith i live at 30 studio drive they've got the last four of the social they've got all the information However, here's the thing. As a banker, we try to ask out-of-the-wallet questions. And let me just let you know a few of those so you're not scared the next time you call in. You know, We might ask, who's on the account with you? Is it a joint account? Did you name a beneficiary? What is the amount of your loan with us? So we try to ask questions to identify people that will not be found in a wallet or on somebody's person. Yeah, only they would know. Only they would know, right. Yeah. Only the account holder would know. Correct. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, I know that, that sometimes that, even though we can be so safe, you know, we, we do everything right, that still happens. It still happens, yeah. and it and it's and it's very sad when that happens because it's devastating to the individual. It's devastating. It can affect their credit and it can affect their life. In my experience, I had a, a lady years ago who was part of a pigeon drop, and what that is is when she was contacted by an outside source saying that there was something going on inside the bank that was not as it should be and that there was an employee that sh they were trying to find that was not 
a, a, an employee of the was, that was excuse me was an employee of the bank, but could be doing some wrongdoing. So she was asked to withdraw money and drop it off to this person and try to find the basically the the dis the employee excuse me inside the bank. She did this three times and it cleaned out her account. Oh, now she was an older lady and uh, had a family. I'd helped her for years and years and it devastated her to the point that uh, she, she faded away, basically just faded away and passed away three months later after all this happened. And when she came to the bank, I said, you know, how, wh why didn't you come to me? Why didn't you say something at the time? And she looked at me and she said, how do I know it wasn't you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it, it really took me back because I had been helping her for almost 10 years at that point in time. And um, it, was, it was a very, very sad situation. And I hate to see anything like that happen. But unfortunately, that was yeah. the most devastating case. But you have to think about how it affects the individual, it affects their family, it affects their credit, and it affects their both their finances and expenses going forward. Oh, thank you. But I, I was just thinking about a, a funny story that uh, you told me here a while back. Um, you know, things can happen in the bank, guys. I mean, uh, you know, people rob banks. They, they still rob banks, but not with you know, cowboy hats and, and horses. Uh, but this has happened to Nanelle and several times. Right. I, <laughs> yes, Rebecca. <laughs> it's really I, funny. I have been in um, six and a half robberies. And it is a, a, a scary situation for everyone. And as uh, employees of the bank, we are uh, instructed of how to act and how to take care of both the robber and our customers that may be in the lobby at that point in time. But the story that Rebecca is referring to is when I first started out in banking. And I was three months on the job. I'd had no real training except the teller window and counting cash and working the computer system. And this little gentleman comes in and hands me a withdrawal slip and a note on it saying that he wanted $5,000. And I looked at him and I, he pushed the note to me. I pushed the note back to him and said, I'm sorry, sir, I don't have $5,000. You may want to check with the bank on the corner because they <laughs> might have more money than I do. Well, I didn't think anything about it. My supervisor came up and said what happened, and I said, well, he wanted $5,000, and I didn't have it. So I told him to go down the street. She rolled her eyes, and then the next morning in the paper, the bank down the street had been robbed. So <laughs> I had no idea that it was any kind of a robbery. Nobody had instructed me on note passing, let alone how to handle anybody when you have a gun in your face. So, um, but that, that was it. I just sent it back to him. He said, just go down the street because I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> But that's happened to you two or three times. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it has. It's, um, it's always a dangerous situation, but our main thing is to protect the employees and to protect our customers. And many times employees, uh, excuse me, customers in the bank don't even know a robbery has taken place until after the fact because we want to keep everything as calm as possible. Well, that would be really, really hard. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking about myself. I was probably making like faces and all, all sorts of things. Or even, you know, your voice even cracks when you're underneath the pressure. Right. You know? Well, you don't say a lot when they are in front of you, and unless <laughs> so, you try to be as careful as possible. Yeah, no, I love that story because I mean, it's happened to Nanelle several times, and you think that's uh, something you see in the cowboy western movies, you know, and, oh. you know, as, or way back then. So it happens every day. So one of the things um, for me, uh, I keep a low profile in my banking. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like, and I think so many times we get scammed or anything. It's when you buy stuff off the internet. 
Correct. Correct. You really want to be careful. There are, like I said, some sites out there. A lot of people use PayPal. And PayPal can be very effective, don't misunderstand me, but there is also a very high incident with PayPal for fraud. And you'll see a lot of fraudulent transactions come through using a PayPal account. Yeah, I got a warning the other day. I have a PayPal account, um, and it says you need to update your security mm -hmm. on it. And I'm thinking, I just did that. So evidently something else happened. So I only use it for one or two things. And then I, you know, I monitor it. But I don't like buy on the, uh, buy on the internet with PayPal. No. I buy with. No. Yeah, you, you've really got to be careful. And there are other uh, pay uh, sites out there. And if you're not familiar of them with them, please, please don't use them, because you never know. You, you're giving your personal information to somebody that you don't know, for an item that maybe you want but don't need. And this is always something to think about when you're doing a debit card or credit transaction online. That's, that's completely true. I mean, you know, really be careful. But you know, too, like nowadays, especially like retirees and even um, people my age, we and even younger people, we travel. We travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And we always try to be extra careful when we go to foreign countries, you know, because I don't know. I just feel like sometimes, you know, uh, on some countries, the ATM is outside the outside the um, bank or it's happening. Well, no, not really. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. And most of the time, people will stand pretty far back, you know, so I can't see your, you know, PIN number you're putting in. But a lot of times they're on the corner and, you know, they can actually see your PIN number. Yes. you the Your PIN number is... <laughs> is is vital and you want to be very careful as when you use it if you have a debit card and it has the debit and credit option you really should use it as a credit whether you use it at the grocery store or whatever to avoid using your pin number as little as possible that is with ATM that's the thing that is most scary is they can uh, look over your shoulder get your pin number at gas stations if you have trouble putting your card when you're paying for gas in, into the uh, the slot it's possible that somebody stuck a card reader in there and you want to be careful of that because you never know if the if the there is something in there that can pick up your card number as well as your PIN number. So gas stations is another one to be very careful of. Um, hopefully at the grocery store, people have enough groceries so that they're standing behind you. But I would suggest if you have a debit credit card that you use the credit card function and save your PIN. Oh, that's a great idea. I know this has happened to my daughter. She lives in Houston, and Houston is one of the biggest fraud. fraud and her bank, she has a credit unit. And her bank, I mean, they got all, they watch it all the time mm -hmm. because she has had like four incidents that's happened. And they're with uh, they're with gas stations, yep. most of them. And they d they'll do a dollar, yep, to make sure that that card's great. And then they go ahead and do what they want to do. Exactly, exactly. And just making sure the card straight with is okay with that dollar, but. They've read your card, so they've got it. They got it. But I know that they put a, um, my daughter, they put a, they watch her account all the time, so they put a hold. They must have like a, do they just flag those accounts that always have trouble? Okay. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay. And um, the other thing is, you know, we've had a lot of customers that have, that lose their cards, or we've had to replace the card. And after a while, you know, after four or five times, some banks will not give you another card because wherever you're going, wherever, whatever you're doing, you're being, you're flagged for the fact that it's, it could be a, a scrupulous uh, uh, vendor. And we want to try to protect you, but you may not always get that debit card or that credit card after so many times of fraudulent activity. I can imagine. Um, I don't think another bank would give you a card, would they? They go back and look and see how many times you, you know, have had problems. 
Well, it depends on whether the if the bank uses check systems and if you were reported to check systems for the card. Most banks use that as a credit advisory for the bank because it does allow banks to track uh, like a, uh, it's like a credit report for the banks. It shows any closeouts, and oh. if you were closed for uh, outstanding balances, if you were closed for fraud, and if the bank reports to that system, then yes, it could prevent you from getting an account elsewhere. But you know, too, I, one of the things that I do, and whether you're, I don't care what age you are. I only carry two credit cards in my in my wallet. I don't carry anything else. I mean, any other cards because I that way, if they got my wallet, I don't have to worry about two two cards. Right, because once a wallet is stolen, you you need to call every card that you have in your wallet. <laughs> only carrying two just gives you two choices, and it makes it very it makes it easier for you if something does happen. And to have your ID. Yep, they have your ID, and please, uh, here's another thing. Uh, I suggest that if any of you are carrying your Social Security number in your wallet, that you consider leaving it at home. Oh, that's true. I never carry mine. No, you shouldn't. No, mine's in my safe, along with my passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so things like that. I guess um, my, a lot of things you learn, you learn from your parents when about money growing up. And um, I did just the opposite. I mean, my, my dad was a saver. My mom, you know, um, well, she bought groceries and stuff, but she always was, um, she always spent a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so to me, that was like save, save, save. So that's what I did. I just, just the opposite, like my dad. You just save money and, and you, you know, a lot of times we buy stuff. When for, I don't know about you guys, but I really don't need it. It's nice to have, but I just don't. You know, I'll probably put it up, do something with it. But, you know, yeah. a year later, it's, you know, it's in the closet. It's sitting there, right? Mm -hmm. That spur-of-the-moment shopping gets you every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I like to think about when I, like, say, for instance, you go in the grocery store or you're going to buy a pair of shoes. I kind of have things in my mind, what I'm going to buy, you know. And I'm one of these people, I don't buy on, um, you know, the first thing I see. You know, and sometimes I'll, I'll walk around the store and come back because I have to think about it. Do I really want that new pair of shoes or is it just one of those extra things I thought was neat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to be careful. you got to be careful. One of the things that I will let you know when she was saying about walking around the store, as employees of the bank, we are very conscious of people that come through the door. We, of course, we know our customers. We have our regular people that come in every day. And as I said before, we always love to see you, talk to you, kind of check up and see what's going on in your life. However, sometimes we have strangers that come in and maybe ask questions or come in to the lobby and look around. And we're very conscious of who our customers are and who somebody might be that's scoping out the branch for uh, an irregular activity. Well, that's the, that's good to know. Right, that's yeah. what we're trained to do that. Your employees of the bank are trained to do that. Every time that door opens, we should be looking up and saying, hello, how are you? And making sure we know either know the person or see how we can help them right away rather than let them wander. Well, I was wondering, do um, as a banker, do you actually get trained to notice certain things when people walk in? Yes, you do. Um, we, uh, you know, try to check, the, if we're not sure of them, we try to check what they're wearing, their clothes, um, uh, the uh, how they handle themselves, of course, uh, the color of their skin, are they wearing gloves, are they wearing a hat, what type of shoes do they have, and th these are all things that during a robbery can be very valuable in catching them afterwards. Well, why don't you tell us about the robbery you had last, last year, about the guy that came in, he robbed like four or five banks. Oh. <laughs> that was, it's really funny, I thought it was a funny story. <laughs> Well, that, that was another thing that uh, the gentleman was working with his daughter, and the daughter came into the bank, sat down with a banker, and was asking questions regarding new accounts. And she kept kind of dot, you know, her eyes kept wandering around and dot, you know, looking all over, trying to see what was going on. 
and uh, two days later, yes, we were robbed. Gentleman came in, he had uh, a mask on, uh, he showed a gun, and he was in such a hurry to get out that he hit the check stand going out and the money, the gun, and everything just flew all over the <laughs> bank. Now, it was... <laughs> Luckily, we again, you know, we didn't we didn't do anything. We stood our ground, watched him scoop up whatever he could and take off because we are not we're not trained to follow the robber. We are trained to lock the branch afterwards, but we do not follow him out. And um, we were able to get a license plate as he drove away. And the police did finally find the car. And he he and his daughter were apprehended. Well, that's good to know because, you know, they don't work alone always. A lot of times they don't. They send in somebody first to kind of scope things out, to check how many tellers there are, how many desks there are, how many offices and how many people are in the bank. So we do have to be careful of that. And, um, uh, again, as, as bankers and tellers, we treat everyone equally. But sometimes it's just a little off, and you just don't know. And anything that's off, we try to report it directly to uh, the supervisor, manager, or even our security department. One thing that I always kind of rely on in this is my instincts. You know, have you ever, like, walked into a room and all of a sudden, you know, the person you're talking to, you just have this vibe about them. You know, and you don't, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's my cue. I need to go. I need to leave. So always trust your instincts. But a lot of times, like, you never know when who's coming in the bank. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, you have, to be, you have to be careful. And like I said, we treat everyone the same. We try to create relationships. That's definitely what we want. We want that relationship. We want you to be able to know you can contact us at any time with anything regarding your accounts, whether it be savings or checking loans um, that's what we're in the bank for and we're there to help you uh, our departments are there to assist you and you need to consider that when either changing banks or you know opening up a new relationship well that's a lot of good information I mean I mean most of us uh, we go along our daily lives right and and I'm a person of habit you know if I do it one time it's a habit <laughs> and you know we do the same things you know, we get into a rut and we do the same things over and over. You know, I pay this bill with this credit card or that account, you know, and I don't know. Is it better if we mix it up or is it it needs to be consistent? Well, it depends on, you know, some people uh, buy things on credit card and then pay them off every month. That's how the, that's how they handle their their shopping. That's how they handle their banking. Mm -hmm. So they use a debit their credit card and pay it off every month. Uh, as you know, some credit cards give points. They give travel miles, and you know we as bankers understand that. Uh, debit card or credit card uh, a debit card credit card with a bank. Of course, the funds come out of your account right away so it makes it easier for you to track your expenses and see it so um, it depends on how you are setting up your budget and how you set up your individual finances and you know if you have a banker that you work with they can also assist you with that well I think that's wonderful I mean when you have that personal relationship they know you they know what car you bought they know you know they know just about all of your financial Right, and, and, and don't be afraid to make that relationship because you just never know. And uh, like I said, with uh, new accounts, um, you know, we take our time to try to get you to know you at that time and get to know your needs. But a good banker will follow up with you, make sure that you got everything that you need when you open that new account, and then also, again, follow up with you to see that everything's going okay. Well, that's a lot of information. I mean, a lot of people don't even know that. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to have this podcast because, you know, money runs, we have to have money in order to live, eat, whatever. And all of a sudden, if all of your, your money and, you know, your savings and retirement is, is gone, you know, that's devastating. As um, uh, far as retirement, you know, everybody puts in for retirement and stuff along our years. Is there any way they can get into our retirement or 401? 
Well, most of those, most of the 401ks, of course, are set up through their employer. Uh, banks do offer retirement accounts, individual retirement accounts, uh, normally known as IRAs. And again, we also, uh, banks will offer Roth IRAs. The, there are two different types. Roth IRA, you put the money in, but you are not taxed when you take it out at 72 or whatever age you decide to uh, get in, use your retirement. Uh, individual retirement accounts, you can write your contribution off your taxes, and but at the same time, you are taxed when you take it out. So there's two different types, and depending on the individual needs, again, you can have one or both. Um, we at banks do have financial companies that we work with, financial advisors, and when it gets to, uh, you know, either starting retirement or um, what I want to, or taking those funds out, or rolling a 401k over, I generally suggest that my customers seek a financial advisor. They are much able, more able to assist them. Uh, most bankers are not licensed to sell uh, investments, are not licensed to sell insurance or annuities. Some are, but most of us anymore are not. So you need a professional. And when you get to that point, you know, here again, you've got that relationship with the banker. They can give you two or three names or companies that, and get you in the right direction when you're ready to look for that. That's awesome. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in a few minutes, and we will talk and be talking to Danelle about about staying safe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank be you, right Rebecca. Back.
right, we are back with um, Nanelle Lobby, and we are talking about finance, money, and how to stay safe in today's world. You know, there's so many things out there that uh, can trip you up, or I don't know about you guys, but I always see something that go, oh, you need to watch out for this, or, you know, this has just come up. And if you have a good bank, if you have a good rapport with your, your bankers, that is the first thing. But let's talk about young adults that are coming up. I, I think kids nowadays probably get debit cards or credit cards a lot earlier than we did um, because I think it's not as they always have a code. You know, a lot of times I have somebody that co-signs for them mm. if they're young and just starting off. Well, uh, checking accounts can be opened for um, young adults under 18 if they have a parent or guardian on the account with them. Because they are not able to enter into a contract, the parent is the one that signs for, helps them sign for the account and allows them if they, for overdraft protection if they wish to do overdraft protection. Um, I don't always suggest it with, with young adults because as I said earlier, when they have a debit card, they always think they have money. But the good thing is uh, with a parent or guardian on it, they can help monitor the account as well as transfer money into the account if the child needs it. And I see a lot of that recently, especially because uh, kids now are playing sports and they travel and they need things, whether they're going by bus or at school. Uh, a lot of times they could use the debit card to pay for their lunches at school. And um, it, it's really a good thing. In fact, I gave my daughter a, 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 an ATM card when she started playing sports and traveling all over because she needed that. She needed that debit card ATM in case she got stuck somewhere and needed right. food or money yeah. or uh, cash and luckily she was very responsible with it so I, w I was very fortunate so yes if they're under 18 they do need an adult on the card with them um, as we were mentioning earlier as they go off to college it's also a good idea to have somebody else on that account with them and I know once they turn 18 they want you know be on their own they want to be independent they want to be out there you know <laughs> taking care of themselves but you never know what's going to happen and I've seen a lot of instances where the parent is here the the daughter is in New York with a debit card and needs help and sometimes without an adult on there it's hard to get her money if she needs it or even harder if she's unable to contact the bank and there's been problems on the account so um, even as a young adult, whether going to college, they should have uh, someone else on the account with them so that they have uh, someone to help them if, if they're away and they need assistance. I'm going to tell you a funny story that happened to me on debit cards. Um, when my daughter went off to school, she, you know, she had a debit card credit, um, but she went to get some money out, and the, the machine ate up ain't got it stuck and she was the guy behind her was a uh, military and he was out there trying to fix it up anyway it chewed her card up mm -hmm. and she said it was the only card she had <laughs> but i mean she could actually go to the bank again and money but at the same time she had to have that replaced but they the she had that relationship with her, her bank that they automatically you know gave her her back her credit card and stopped the other one well, I don't really need it. They probably didn't need to stop that when it was all chewed up. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was one of those safety guards. And I think that's what we're talking about here is, you know, safety, uh, making sure that, you know, we don't put, we don't have a lot of liability out there. Right. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And, um, again, you know, having uh, someone else assist you, especially if you are away in college or if you are traveling, um, it, it helps because in here again, you know, a lot of students go overseas and study overseas. Mm -hmm. What happens if they're in Italy and they need money? It's it's just a good backup plan. And I know um, <laughs> I'm probably speaking to the choir here as far as parents out there, but try to, you know, instill in your child that you're not going to take their money or you're only there to help them if they need that assistance. That's a good one. I like that. Um, years ago when we traveled overseas, I always carried cash because 
uh, people like if you're in Italy or if you're in Germany or whatever, um, they like American money because American money is worth more than their currency. Well, it depends on what the dollar is valued at I on mean, yeah. any given day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, uh, uh, that was always the thing we did. I always, I always put back cash because just in case um, something goes haywire, you know, or you need something, you know, back in the day when you didn't have uh, debit cards or, you know, um, I kept a lot more cash because, you know, what happens if, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere traveling and they, you know, they don't take, they don't take credit cards. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it's important to, you know, have a, always have a backup plan, especially if you're traveling outside the country. Keep in mind that many American banks have corresponding relationships with the larger national banks in various countries. And again, in my experience, I had a customer traveling. They lost their wallet. Uh, actually, it was stolen. And we were able to set up uh, funds for them by sending a wire to one of our correspondent banks where they were. So that's something to consider, too, uh, that depending on the banking relationship, and you might ask your bank, you know, do you have a corresponding bank in France? I'm going to Italy. Is they're a corresponding right. bank in Italy. That's wonderful. You know, I know this um, uh, couple, they had gone to France, I believe. And um, they were getting on, you know, the tube, on the subway, whatever they call it. It's the tube over there. But um, they were going up the escalators to get on the, the platform. And, you know, people, like, run around, you know. Anyway, they bumped into this guy, and um, they just... You know, you say, excuse me, and run on, you know. And when he got to the platform, he realized his wallet was gone. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the uh, people out, you know, whether it was a restaurant owner or somebody that um, they had met, told him, I says, carry it in your front pocket. Don't put all your cards in it. If you have car extra cards, put them in the safe in the hotel. Uh, just these little things like this can keep you from, you know, having to close down six or seven Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, always be vigilant. Even here in the United States, you need to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. One of the new scams now is called jugging. And what that is, is when people watch the banks, and when they see someone come out of the bank counting their cash outside the bank, they follow that person and can do them bodily harm trying to get that cash. So be very careful about where you count your money. Um, When money is given out at a bank, it should be counted three times. Once by the teller, uh, a lot of the banks have the cash machines that counts the bank, and then again when it's counted out to you. Uh, If you need to verify that money, do it right there in front of the teller. Don't be walking outside and, and counting the bank uh, and counting your money in front of the world. Well, that's true because I was like, they do do that one or two uh, counts, uh-huh. but I turn around and count it myself there at the at the you know at the station. Um, and one time, a couple of the twenties got stuck together, uh, and I says can you count this again? Because it looks like I got short at $20. And she goes, oh, no, it's just really stuck. It was there. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what I do to keep myself safe is just recheck. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Just, it just takes an extra second, and then you know that, uh, that the money that you've received is correct. And, two, uh, remember, always tell your kids that they can always change the PIN number. Uh, yes. That's, that's, to me, is important, especially if, you know, if somebody has gotten your debit card or whatever, usually the bank shuts those down and issues new ones, right? Right. If, okay. if somebody has your debit card or if you're a victim of fraud, that card is immediately shut down once you notice it, um, and uh, a new card is issued. The other thing is you have, if you, uh, you have 60 days to report a fraudulent transaction on your account. This goes back to what we were speaking about earlier. So if you see that something within 60 days has 
does not look right, you can contact the bank and uh, file a report of uh, debit card fraud so that we can hopefully investigate the fraud and you reimburse your money. The money should be within reimbursed within about uh, ten to five to ten days. At the end of the investigation, if it is uh, a illegitimate charge, you will keep the money. You can keep the money that went in during those first ten days. If we find that the charge was uh, legitimate then we do take the money back. But you do have up to 60 days to report any activity on your account that you feel may not have been yours. After 60 days, it depends on the account relationship, <laughs> whether the bank will take it under investigation or not. They have no obligation after 60 days to investigate your uh, charges. Well, I've, I really love this and all the information we've had. So please take it home. Please be vigilant. And I want to thank Nanelle for being with us today and giving us all those helpful hints. Well, you have been ma uh, listening to the Your Voice Matters podcast, and we are so delighted that you're here today. Catch us on YouTube or Fishbowl Studios anytime, any, any, anytime you feel like it, even in, at midnight, you know. <laughs> and leave us a comment. Oh. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Thank bye you, bye. Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh,